Hello, everyone, and welcome to the I Am Lacey Unleashed podcast. My name is Lacey Shea Healy, and to be honest, y'all, I didn't know what to come on here and talk about, and I was in that space, and I know you guys are going to understand this. When you get in that space where you're like, I know I should, but I don't know what to do. Like, raise your hand if you're a coach and you're like, I know I should post content, but I don't know what to say. Or I know I should send out emails, but I don't know what to say. Or I know I should podcast, or I know I should message people, or I know I should. And so you're shooting all over yourself and you're shooting because you don't really know what to do. But in actuality, I think sometimes we know what to do, but we don't trust ourselves to do it. Like, I mean, if I get a group of health coaches in a room, they can talk to me for hours about all of the things that frustrate them with gen pop women, all of the things that frustrate them with their businesses, all the things that frustrate them with women's habits, etc. But then they go to write content and it's crickets. And it's because we start to censor ourselves. We talked about this a little bit on Elevated Coach today. We start to censor ourselves. We convince ourselves that what we're saying is too aggressive or too bitchy or too direct. Or we go into people pleaser mode. Hold on just a second. I got something in my mouth that's feeling weird. That was a weird thing for me to do on a podcast, y'all. It was a very strange thing. I was talking. I was like, there's something in my mouth. And I don't know what it is. It was like a hair. Anyways. When we censor what we want to say, we're basically putting like a clear plastic film over our authenticity. When we censor what we want to say, when we don't say what we actually want to say, we are holding back our self-expression. I don't buy that a lot of coaches just don't know what to say in their content, but I do buy that a lot of coaches don't trust their voice. That's so, so true. So we should all over ourselves. And to be honest, I found myself shoulding all over myself. And it was because I had a really profound experience this weekend um, doing my first block of somatic experiencing training. So I think I talked about this briefly. If I didn't, I'm just going to update you guys. I decided to embark on a three-year journey to become a somatic experiencing practitioner. My my motivation is not really because I want to become like more like a therapist. That's not it at all. My motivation was to be able to have a deeper understanding of the body and trauma and to have a deeper toolbox to use when I'm working with a client that feels stuck and to have a deeper toolbox like in my repertoire to teach from. Um, There's not really a part of me that desires to like go full blown. I'm going to become a somatic experiencing practitioner and people are going to be able to buy sessions from me eventually. That's not really where I foresee this going. Um, It could change. I, I don't know, but I chose to get the three-year certification uh, because it's really important to me to do this the right way. You guys, there's a lot of 
certifications popping up in the realm of trauma that really upset me because you cannot learn how to hold and work with somebody's trauma in 12 weeks. And I think that's so negligent. I mean, I spent 30 some odd hours in class this weekend and I practiced with other psychotherapists and other like doctorate level professionals professionals in the mental health space. And there's no part of me that feels qualified to go and start doing this work. Yet the brazenness of some to decide that they're going to like take this course and start working with people's trauma, uh, it terrifies me. I mean, some of the things that I watched this weekend, um, just thinking about an amateur not knowing what to do and like going there, uh, it's so harmful. So for me, there was no question. Like I had somebody there like three years, like in three years, you might not even like this anymore. I'm like, no, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do the one where I had to apply and they had to accept me and I'm in a space like literally I was the only health and fitness coach. There was one other girl that used to be a health and fitness coach, but now she's actually about to graduate with her mental health counselor degree. Um, everybody else in that container are like practicing therapists or professors at major universities um, or like body workers with 20 plus years of experience. To say I was the least experienced in this group is an understatement. Like there was legit, there was a girl, I'm going to say a girl, there was a woman that when I said what I did, she looked at me like, what the fuck? Why are you here? Like literally I got that look like, what are you doing here? And you know what? I understand because there was a part of me that was like, I don't know why these people accepted me. Um, To be honest, they probably accepted me because I do have a degree. I have a bachelor's degree in behavioral sciences. I have a human development and family studies degree. I studied attachment theory and intergenerational family relationships in college. Um, So I have a, I have a bachelor's degree that goes, that's probably, to be honest, my bachelor's degree that I received in 2005 is probably why they accepted me. Forget all of the years of coaching that I've done. That probably was why, okay? Um, it probably helped that I did a lot of training in preparation to bring home my girls. But I wanted to make sure that I was in the thing that actually gives you like the thing. So yeah, it's going to take three years. And there's going to be... Um, Six weekends, six four-day weekends. Um, I have one in February, one in April, one in July, and one in October, and then another in January of 2025. And then I move to my advanced year where I go for two solid weeks, two times in person. Like, And these are not, you guys, what I experienced this weekend. I did not sit on a Zoom and listen to somebody talk. No, no. No, no. We were practicing. They were literally giving us prompts. And 30 seconds later, you're transported into a room with somebody you don't know. And you have to practice basic somatic exercises. Now, somatic exercises, somatic means of the body. 
It's the language of the nervous system, okay? And so we were doing gentle somatic-related exercises with each other. Um, This doesn't mean it wasn't activating. It was very activating. It was very dysregulating at times, Um, especially when I was leading other very skilled therapists and mental health workers. Um, And, you know, one of them, we finished, and she's like, oh, your clients must love you. You're like such a calming presence as a therapist and I was like I am not a therapist and she's like oh I would not have known and I was like wow um so we were practicing and it was very intensive I like finished up day three uh I had to lead somebody through a 30 minute session in front of a group woof like legit woof and I had like under boob sweat like straight up, like under boob sweat. Um, but it was so, so cool. And so I came away from that experience having learned so much, but also being very reverent to the fact that I don't know everything. Um, you know, I led Elevated Coach through a group somatic exercise, like a happy exercise today, and that felt really good. I'd never done that before. But I'm very, very aware of like, you know, what I should and shouldn't be doing. And I'm very, very aware of where I think this is leading me. But I didn't necessarily know how to talk to you guys about it because there was a whole other part of it where um, a large part of the experience was very dysregulating. And it was dysregulating for me because... When you're sit, I sit in a chair as a patient. And I have been sitting in a chair as a patient for the last two years. Um, my first session with Will was actually one week after my dad was diagnosed with cancer. And so I've been sitting in that chair for a long time. And I understand what it's like to be a patient, right? I understand what it's like to be the experiencer, if you will. But to be on the other side, learning to become a practitioner, I learned about a lot of the techniques that my somatic practitioner, Will, has put me through. And that was very hard for me. It was like opening the door into how, I'm just going to say it, it was like opening the door into how fucked up I actually have been. And see, of course, I don't want to come here and talk about that because like I, you know, there's a part of me just like there's a part of all of you where you guys want everybody to think that you've got it all together. You don't want anybody to know. We we want to put on a show. Like even those of us that are really authentic, we're really authentic to a point, but there's a lot that like even in my life, you guys don't see. And it should remain that way. My whole life does not need to be on display for social media or for my clients. But there was a lot of things that once I started learning about the other side, I couldn't unsee. And that was very, it was hard. I, I said it was like being hit by a bus. Like there was a moment on day two 
when she, when the facilitator had up some slides and we watched a video and I started viscerally shaking, like my hands started shaking, my eyes started watering and I was like, oh my God. And I actually had to tune out to about an hour of the morning session. I was just like scrolling Instagram, completely disassociated, just like ignoring the fact that I was on this Zoom. And you have to have your camera on. You cannot, if you're going to turn your camera off for more than five minutes, like to go to the bathroom, they're going to check in with you because they want to make sure that you're there. It's on Zoom, but there's assistance throughout the Zoom room, making sure that your camera is on. There is no turning your camera off. You are on camera. I was on Zoom for 36 hours. I would set up my Zoom in the morning and it wouldn't go off until the afternoon. We were in there. When we went on lunch, you just turned your camera off and muted it. It was still logged in. You had to stay logged in. I'd never done a training like this before. You had to have your camera on. There was no turning your camera off. And so I knew the camera was on me, but I was like scrolling my phone because I just was like having trouble coping and I was trying to regulate myself. And um, the facilitator actually said in the afternoon that it's totally okay if that happened because as we're learning the material, we're also experiencing the material. And that made me feel so much better because I was like, man, am I the only person in here that's like feeling terrible? No, I definitely was not. Um, so while I was so appreciative of this experience, it was also, it had a lot of like activating, dysregulating parts to it. Um, some things that kind of like opened wounds that not necessarily weren't already healed, but it's just seeing my wounds from a different angle. Like, have you ever done a training And like watched yourself like you've have you ever done a training like you've done a training like maybe you're teaching a master class or maybe you're doing um, you know a webinar or whatever and you've done a training and you get off of it and you feel so good and then you come back to it seven months later and you watch it again and you watch yourself and you see yourself from a completely different perspective and you're like wow I say like a lot or wow I don't look very confident. I thought I was confident. I don't look very confident. Or wow, I'm fidgeting a lot. Or wow, I didn't know that my voice did that thing. Like you see yourself out of the moment. That's what much of this weekend was like for me. It's like I've been experiencing what it's like to work through a traumatic experience bite by bite, piece by piece. And this weekend, I was forced to look at that bite by bite, piece by piece through a different lens. And it taught me so much about myself. And it taught me so much about how I've handled this last year and it taught me so much about why I felt a certain way at different points of my journey like I feel this way 
one day and then I feel this way another day and sometimes I'm trying to make sense of it all and now I can make sense of it all. Like my friend Sarah Baldwin, who is a somatic experiencing practitioner, she always says, you make sense. And I feel like I make sense. It also gave me a completely different perspective on the plant medicine ceremony I did last year and why I had such a big, huge breakthrough during that. And it also made me really scared for people that do those kinds of things without proper uh, trauma training support. Because now I understand what's happening at a nervous system level when you're doing plant medicine like that. Um, Even when I do a microdose, I have a deeper understanding. I'm going to create a better practice around my microdosing because of what I now understand from a nervous system perspective. I was just allowed to see myself from a different light. And it felt really hard. And it felt really vulnerable. And there was a part of me that felt like a victim. And as somebody that spent almost 10 years being chronically ill and in her victim status, Looking at myself and having to ask myself if I've been a victim um, was hard. And then even the realization that like maybe I need to allow myself to have been the victim. There's just so many layers of things that came up. But I find myself, I've been out of class for 24 hours now. I find myself just full of gratitude and this is what I want to say to you because I I want to bridge this. This is the bridge. The biggest gift that you can give yourself is the ability to learn more about yourself without self-judgment. I cannot imagine what my life would be like if I had experienced what I had experienced and I didn't have support. But also, I don't know if I realize like how important it is to have continuous support that like really sees me. And so I found myself really grateful for the gift that is self-awareness and really grateful for the gift that I've given myself, which is support. And I think if we are going to be growing these businesses, if we're going to grow these brands, giving ourselves that gift is, it's immeasurable in the benefits. Because I'm going to be a better coach because of the training that I'm going through and I'm going to be a better coach because of the experiences that I've gone through but I'm a consistently better coach because I'm supported and so I I like the biggest gift that you can give yourself is like a deeper understanding of yourself and a deeper support of yourself through that 
It doesn't mean you go looking for problems. It doesn't mean that you have to have had something terrible happen to you. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is as human beings, we only have the capacity to know ourselves to the extent that we release into fully knowing ourselves. And oftentimes releasing into fully knowing ourselves requires support. And it's the most magnificent gift that you can give yourself. And I'm going to circle this back. That's why I chose to do this. Because I have worked very closely with a lot of women over the last, um, in business over the last like almost three years. And sometimes the work we do goes there. And by goes there, it goes into the deeper parts of the human experience. And it felt negligent for me not to level up and be able to hold that on a deeper level. And I am well on my way to doing that. This This is an experience that is as much for me as it is for the women that have devoted their trust to me. Even if by the time I finish this, the women that have devoted their trust to me now have moved on. I see what this has done for my life. I see what this is going to do, what it has done for my business. You guys... I have been through something really, really difficult over the last year, and I have still maintained a business that's well above $500,000 this year amidst. Um, Since my dad has passed, I've made like $875,000. Like, wow. That wouldn't be possible if I didn't have the right support. And so this is, this three-year experience is like a devotion. It's a devotion to myself. It's a devotion to my craft. It's a devotion to humankind. It's a devotion to women. It's a devotion. It's a gift. And it's hard to encapsulate what embracing that gift is like. Um, But what I look forward to is how I can share it where it can be felt. And what I've experienced can be felt, even if some of what I've experienced was hard. I'm consistently grateful for it. And so that's what I have to say about that. I'm sure I will have more thoughts, more businessy related soon. But I will talk to y'all then. Bye.